You're listening to Clack Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. To hear the rest of this week's show, exclusive episodes, and more, subscribe today at patreon.com slash crspodcast or clockradiospeakers.com. So, um, welcome everybody to Clock Radio Speakers. Um, Armand here. You can follow me on Twitter at Armand Wake Up, A-R-M-O-N-D, Wake Up, all one word. More important than that, please, please, please follow the official Clock Radio Speakers Twitter handle, which is at CRS Podcast. Same thing on Instagram, facebook.com slash clockradiospeakers. Um, clock, did I say clockradiospeakers.com? I did. Say it again. Um, clockradiospeakers.com, <laughs> where you can get you know snippets of episodes because we have, we're in the process. We're still working out the kinks, but we have transitioned to uh, Patreon. So uh, if you want to get the full episodes, go to patreon.com slash podcast. I think I'm taking your stick. This is normally okay. what, what you promote. So uh, but Doc is here. So yeah. Doc, what's up, man? How you doing? Doing good. You know, it's uh, it's winter <clears throat> here in Connecticut. You know, snow and cold and all that, but it's all good, man. Sure, it's all good. Things things are good. The movement is moving. For sure. You know, just waiting sure. on waiting on Big Bang Joe Biden and to 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 get the rest of the you know get that get that big stimulus check out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you want you want that other fourteen? I mean, fourteen times two. You know. Yeah. 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 What are they doing with uh, dependents? <laughs> I don't. They don't know yet. I mean, that, that's okay. even the fourteen. We're gonna. I mean, we're about to find out. You know, like, uh, we're not to because I don't know when. Well, we're, by the time this is released, who knows if this is still an accurate statement? But we're about to find out. Like, how serious are are, are Biden and, and and his gang? Are we? Uh, are they? Are they gonna? You know, because if they want to push, they can push. So we'll see. I think they'll push. I think we'll get it. Turns out. Uh, people like getting money. Yes, you it's don't. Very, say. very popular to give people yeah. money. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. And if you're a politician running for office and you have the ability to give people money, it's a pretty, it's a pretty popular thing to do. <laughs> You've got people's votes and loyalty. Yeah. So what's up, man? What are we? Um, is there anything that we need to talk about? Is there anything, you know, like? in the news that we didn't talk about on the pre-show. Um, you know, if you are, if you are on, if you are signed up to our Patreon, if you're part of our Patreon community, you get a pre-show. Um, so we talked about, you know, Bob James and Nautilus and, and more traditional, uh, or classic artists, uh, joining the sample pack wave. We talked about, you know, I mean, this is going to be old news by that time, but we talked about, uh, Robin Hood, the app and, you know, how basically how they were leveraging money, um, you know, from your your stock trading and things of that nature. But is there anything that the public needs to know or that we need to talk about that the streets need to hear from us? I don't think so, man. I think it's I mean, today is kind of a celebration of sorts, you know, crazy. Absolutely. I cannot believe this album is turning 25 years old. We're old. We're very old. We are old. We are talking this week about what is, is this true? The first double CD in hip hop, like solo, like in hip hop history? See, hold on. I seem to recall, was there a Rock Him and Eric B album that was double disc? Uh, there were, oh, I know the, the 18th letter was a double disc, but the second. That I, was later. Yeah. This, Maybe not. So what is it? Wait, 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 wait. Okay, so this is the so in 1988, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince released. He's the DJ and I'm the rapper. 
Uh, it clocked in at 85 minutes. Mm. The record release had to be released as a double album, making it the first ever release by a hip hop artist, while its single CD release had to be truncated by 13 minutes. There you go. Shout out to Kairos. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about what is, we'll say the first like mainstream double disc, truly, that was designed to be a double disc and mm-hmm. kickstarted a whole wave of double discs. For sure. And that's all eyes on me. It's um, like a transcendent album for hip hop. It defined an era, a time, a, um, a, a coast for sure. Um, coast. It altered yep. the course of hip hop. Yep. In so many sure ways. Do. And so we have, you know, out of all like the hip hop legends, we have probably talked about Tupac the least, like that upper tier. We don't talk about him on this show that much. We don't. We don't. And and I'm looking forward to this as an opportunity to finally finally get in that bag a little bit. Okay. Let's let's do it. Let's do it. I'm excited. So t- tell me if this is wrong. In retrospect, we didn't know this at the time, but so dog food is end of ninety five, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then this is February ninety six. That's like mm-hmm. the last gasp of death row as we knew it, right? Because Machiavelli is the truly Machiavelli and and Dogfather are fall of 96. That's when it's all over. But this is like, this is the peak right here. This is the last, like, okay. This is the last of the peak. Yes. The last of the peak, right? I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think Machiavelli, though Machiavelli is held in a high regard and it is a great album, I think the shock of the death of Tupac takes all of the steam out of the esteem of the album. Like the album is great because it's great, but it also defines the death of Tupac uh, versus when I think of all eyes on me, I definitely think of like opulence in life. Yeah, and it's a much bigger, you know, mm-hmm. it's, yep. it's a huge album, right? Yep. In length, uh, in number of guests, yeah. number of producers, like it was a maximalist yep. album for sure. Um, so a lot of people know this story, but in case you haven't really high, really high level recap. So in 95, uh, Tupac is in prison. Uh, he is found guilty on charges of sexual assault. He mm-hmm. is appealing the guilty ruling, ruling mm-hmm. and the judge uh, will allow his release as long as there's a $1.4 million bail that is paid. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have $1.4 million. He doesn't. So uh, Suge Knight and Jimmy Iovine come, come strolling in. And I didn't realize this until, this is amazing, uh, his... His death row contract actually ended up like coming up for auction. So there are high resolution scans of it. Um, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. So they paid the bail, but it was basically an album advance. That bail was recoupable. He Mm. had to pay the bail back as a part of his album budget. That's crazy. Crazy. So (laughs) he signs a a three album deal. Which is mm. two of those albums are all are disc one and disc two of All Eyes on Me. Machiavelli is album three. So mm-hmm. he gets out of jail and ends up recording a hundred songs in three months. Mm-hmm. He records basically all of All Eyes on Me in a two week time span. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he comes back later in ninety six and he records while he's making uh, gang related and gridlocked, he makes Machiavelli in like a week. Mm-hmm. So He's on a bit of a tear and the yep. timing on this is amazing. So he, he comes, he comes out of jail. He comes home October of 96 by Thanksgiving or even before Thanksgiving, 
of 96, they're shooting the video for California Love. And the album was originally supposed to be released Christmas of 95. Mm -hmm. But he was so productive. He was making so much music that Mm -hmm. they pushed it back so he could continue to record. Now, considering he was only on a three album budget for, for Death Row, would have been fascinating to see if he had lived what happens to those records mm-hmm. because death row effectively paid for them mm-hmm. but he's recording like crazy so they push it back so he can keep recording make more videos um the original title for the album was euthanasia mm-hmm. which yep. thankfully they didn't stick with it's a terrible yep. terrible title that's a that's a i've been in jail for <laughs> a year title for sure um and uh yeah i mean i want to go track by track on this for sure yeah we have to but one thing that is interesting to note is like i guess i didn't realize the hand to which dj quick played in this album i know i'm so so here i am giving him credit um by because by this point dre is on the outs and we'll talk about that a little bit more in Mm -hmm. detail dre is on the outs with death row right Mm -hmm. so the kind of role that dre would historically play in a death row mm-hmm. project, mm-hmm. right? Overdubs, mixing, remixing, little tweaks and all that. Dre's not doing that on this project. Mm-hmm. So DJ Quick does, he he touches up 12 or 14 songs uncredited mm-hmm. over the span mm-hmm. of two days. Crazy. And gives this album a, a, a level of polish that say Machiavelli does not. Like if you go listen to Machiavelli, some of those beats are... You know, it was a time, right? Mm-hmm. They're very angry, very somber. Like it's definitely a time and it's all caught up in like the the myth of that album and everything else. But like mm. it does not sound anywhere close to All Eyes on Me. Sonic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. DJ Quick does his thing on that for sure. I'm trying to tell you. He yeah. he the album sounds it's one of the better mixed and mastered albums in hip hop history. It sounds really like clean. Yeah. It's great. It sounds really clean. Yep, that's that's quick. It's quick, man. He's a genius. And we'll, we'll talk about individual producers, but overall, this album is like, it's a lot of Daz on the first disc and then just tons of Johnny J everywhere. And then, you know, obviously lots of other producers that we're going to talk about. But um, it was interesting because I wanted to, I, as I got into this, I was trying to figure out, okay, so he's working with a lot of Daz and Johnny J and then like mm-hmm. he totally switches it up for Machiavelli, you know? Yeah. N- none of the same producers at all. Yeah. Um, and honestly, he was trying, I mean, you know, if you go back and I can't believe I read interviews with like various members of the outlaws, like to try to like piece this together, you know, when people have stories and everything else, but like, honestly, I think, I think it comes down to a combination of at the same time, Daz was recording his solo album, which gets delayed until March of 98, but he's recording Mm -hmm. his solo album and Snoop is recording, uh, dog father. So the only available studio, the only available room at Can-Am Studios, which is the Death Row Studios in LA, was where like the B-teamers were. And mm-hmm. so Tupac didn't want to wait because everything was urgent with him. Mm-hmm. And so he basically pulls the B-teamers and he's like, here's what we're going to do. And he kind of like Puff Daddy's the production of Machiavelli. Mm-hmm. Make this melody, put this drum here. And he just, he was on a mission, you know? Yep. Yep. But that's enough. Machiavelli has a whole other story. Um, anything else before we get into track by track to like set the mood for All Eyes on Me? Um, you know, this was this is like right. This is maybe the 
very beginning of the East Coast, West Coast stuff. It hadn't been blown out, but I think there were, there were seeds. Oh yeah, there are definitely seeds. Because this is, you know, this is, this is post Pagan shot. This is post Vibrant interview. Because I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's me against the world. Yeah. Um, but, you know, somebody, you know, earlier this week, uh, a clip went viral where Glasses Malone was on The Breakfast Club and he said that uh, Snoop in his prime was a bigger artist than Tupac in his prime when Pac was alive. Um, and, oh, I forgot the point I was going to make with that. Um, dang, I forgot the point I was going to make with that. I dang mean, you, if you weren't around in 93, 94, mm-hmm. then you don't remember that Snoop was the most dangerous man in America to some people. Absolutely. Absolutely. His album was anticipated like no, like no other. Right. Um, and me against, okay, there it was. And so, you know, when Pot gets out of jail, Pot gets shot. And then he goes to jail like that happened like back to back. Yeah. So for Pac to get out, because so during this time, his legend begins to grow. Hmm. And when he gets out, it's like Kevin Durant joining the Golden State Warriors. It's like, you know, just like somebody who's already accomplished by themselves joining a powerhouse that is already established. Um, So there was a lot of anticipation uh, for this album to hear what Pac was going to do to hear what he had to say. Cause you know, we hadn't heard anything from him. Um, you know, me against the world was so like reflective in many, many aspects. Um, like, was he going to be able to do that under the death row machine? And the death row machine was so aggressive. Oh, um, was, was his, aggressive. was his style going to fit, you know, within that? Um, so there's just a lot of anticipation for this album. I just remember everybody I know was ready for this album. Everybody, everybody. Yeah. Um, it's funny. You were talking about the machine, like how quickly they revved this up. You know, they went from like zero to nothing, you know, cause like when this came out, like, you know, did five sixty six first week, you know, California mm-hmm. love is like number one, you know, it's, it, was, it was everything, you know? So Let's get started. Um, disc one or book one, as it was called. I remember the days so where they were called the discs something else. Book one. Yeah. Ambitions as a writer, produced yep. by Daz. Man, I mean, you talk about an opening song. Yep. One of the first records he produced. Um, the, one of the first so- one of the first two songs he recorded when he yeah, gets the home. first yeah, yeah the first song yeah according to, according to, according to folklore it's yeah. the first song he produces when he gets out of jail within two hours of getting out of yeah. jail this is what he lays down yeah yeah and it's completely iconic yeah for sure the beat is yep. great yep tupac sounds very hungry very focused as you might expect and, and that's a consistent theme throughout the album oh for sure He's definitely like, there's a hunger that you can hear and feel. And then because of that, you hear some of the other artists who are able to keep up. Yeah. Um, you know, keep up. I got some questions about a few artists, but some people were able to keep up for sure. But yeah, iconic, iconic. Yeah. It's when we did our definitive 15 opening intros or whatever that I think it was intros. I hope this was on that list. It must have been. I think it was. It must have been. Yeah. I hope so. If not, we're in trouble. Right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, ambitions as a writer, great. Still sounds great. Yeah, yeah. I have I have nothing else to to say. Yes. What are you gonna say about ambitions ambitions as a writer? No, um, I said I have nothing. Uh, yeah, I, I know. I mean, like, what? I mean, what are you gonna say? It's a great. Song. Right. Absolutely. 
Um, Absolutely. Do you remember that he did? He recorded a version for Mike Tyson's. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Was it, it was ambitions of what? Ambitions as a, a fighter, I think. As a fighter. Okay. Yep. You can find that. That exists. Like. That. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it exists. Um, next up is all about you. Um, with Snoop, Nate Dogg, Hussein Fatal, Drew Down, oh, uncredited. <laughs> this is uh, produced by Johnny J and Tupac. Mm-hmm. <sighs> this is fine. <laughs> I know people love this record. They love the cameo flip. They like the hook. I get it. Um, eh, it was never my favorite. Put it that way. You know, this is not a song that I'm going to listen to as an adult. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, unless my wife and I get in our nostalgia bag where, you know, things are just kind of thrown out the window and we right. listen to whatever we want. But um, as a kid, this is this is an iconic song. I mean, we're we're what was this 96? Yeah. Okay, I, was in, I was in middle school. So that, that didn't count. But, you know, we were definitely referencing that song as we got older. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'll say that much. So I, I think it's, it's iconic for many reasons. And it's clear that Tupac, like I, like I keep telling y'all, it's clear that Tupac is an R&B fan because there are clear R&B flips all oh, throughout yeah. this album. Clearly he's in jail like, yo, I want to rap over this. Right. You know, I think these are just a lot, of, a lot of jail ideas. When I was in basic training, granted basic training is nothing like jail. Yeah. When I was in basic training, I had so many ideas and songs and things that I wanted to like get off that I could just think of in my head. I was so creative when I didn't have access to anything. It was, it was amazing. So I'm, I'm sure that was Pac times 10. Yeah. You know, the story, like, cause there's a double XL making of all eyes on me from, I think 2004. Um, mm-hmm. You go back and read that and you know, you get a lot of, Oh yeah. You know, we were driving around and we heard this and we went to the studio. And it's like, ah, yeah. Okay. Sure. Maybe, you know, yeah. the stories, the stories around this album, some of them get hard to, to deal with because like, the incentive are this the incentive is for people to make it sound like it was you know this epic thing and maybe it was but you know sometimes it's a little more m- mundane than that you know what i mean it's it's the folklore yeah for sure it's the folklore yeah they have and because it's funny when you go and you read that article um some of the stories clash oh of course yeah you know they're clearly not in the same room so one guy's like yeah this happened and another person is like the complete opposite right. happened right it's it's funny. So yeah, I'm I'm cool with, I'm cool with all about you. Now scandalous with Nate Dog. That's a, I mean, look, listening to it with 2021 years, you know. But man, Nate Dog, it's a great beat, catchy hook. It's a dope record. I'll always love this song. Yeah. You know, this is a song that I did not like until I met my wife. <laughs> really? Yeah, cuz I mean, like I said she she loves this album. She plays this album a lot. So, you know, you know, back when I had this album, I was like, eh, it's all right. Wasn't my favorite. But mm. as, as I got older, like, oh, this is this is really, really dope. Um, yeah. So, like, this album gets off to a, like, it's it's worth saying. Like, if you haven't heard this album in a long time, this album gets off to a ridiculous start. Mm-hmm. And we keep going because next up is Got My Mind Made Up. Yep. With Daz, Corrupt, Red Man, Method Man. Um, so... You were talking about the death row machine earlier mm-hmm. and how they were like, what was going to happen? And so part of the death row machine is that they were saving records or they were plucking records for Tupac in anticipation mm-hmm. of him coming home mm-hmm. and when he got there. And so one yep. of those records is this song. Yep. This is originally uh, recorded for Dog Food. Mm-hmm. 
originally had uh, Lady of Rage and mm-hmm. Inspector Deck on it. You hear yep. you hear Deck's ad libs at the end, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Rage would have bodied this. Yeah, this is right up her alley. I'm curious. I'm, it's very interesting to know that this song and another song um, have not leaked online. Oh, um, I, what's the other one? I, we'll get there. Okay, okay. We'll yeah, has there. the OG of this never leaked? I don't think so. I downloaded this whole zip of like. Hold on, right? <laughs> let's see. Uh, let's. Okay, there's a there's something that's labeled a inspected deck version. Oh, I've never heard that. Yeah, I've got the um the only the only like the demo version of uh got my mind made up that that goes that is traded online typically is um with the, with the Method Man's verse uncensored. Mm. But that's it. Yeah, I downloaded I downloaded quite a few, you know, a lot, lot of a lot of stuff floating around on Tupac fan sites, let me tell you. For sure. Um okay, well, wait, 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 wait. You got something? One second. Yeah, I, I got the Inspector Dick version. Okay. I'll send it to you. Okay. Looks like somebody just took like they took it and like blended it with the original version. I mean, I've just so, I'd be curious what the verse is if you use it somewhere else or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, the quality. Yeah, I know Dick's your guy. So I just shout it to you. I mean ninety you know, ninety five deck. 96 deck my goodness yeah i just shot it to you so yeah that that exists um the song was kind of like the like it there weren't a lot of big collaborations i mean they were sometimes collaborations but they were often like this was like a cross coastal cross label mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it was like everyone was like wait huh it's very interesting yeah because you you didn't you didn't think of you thought of death row and bad boy but you didn't think of like death row and wu-tang right you know Later on, you hear, you know, one of the songs, uh, one of the outlaws says in that in a double XL interview where they were like doing their version of Wu-Tang. Oh, of Wu Gambinos. Yeah. They're introducing mm-hmm. like alternate names and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, clearly that had, I mean, you know, like rap, rap is like, it's a very small culture. It's a very small school. Um, you know, like, oh, that comes out next month. Uh, Coming to America too. Mm. Yeah. yeah it does. March, March 5th. So we'll see, but uh, all all that being said, this is a, this is a great record. This is this is like iconic because this is one of the early instances where I realized that I liked rapidity rap. Yeah, this this song is not about the like the beat is fine, it's a good beat, but this this song is about the about the rapping for sure. For I sure. Uh, I don't know if I would have closed with Redman. Redman's fine on this. I, you know, I, do you feel? I don't know. I feel like there's kind. I feel like. If it's a posse cut like this, the op- like you want to start strong and you want to end strong. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Daz is the strongest way to start. <laughs> In fact, you could argue that like uh, to me because uh, to me, Pac and, and Meth have the best verses on here. I mean, but Meth and Man in '95, like of course he's gonna or '95, '90, well '95 because it's dog food. Of course he's gonna have the best verse. 